Welcome to the Rodolfo Rivas Project. In this episode, we speak to the Acting Director General of IUCN, Dr. Gretel Aguilar. She talks about how she got involved with protecting nature and the environment, working at different levels, including local, regional, and now international, her continued interest in learning and studying, and her efforts to ensure gender equity. Please listen in. Dr. Gretel Aguilar, thank you for accepting my invitation to speak uh, with us. How are you today? Very good, and, and thank you for taking your time no. for, <laughs> to interview me. I, I remember last time we spoke, you had just uh, arrived to Switzerland and you were getting used to it. How is it going now? Well, Switzerland is a beautiful country. <laughs> um, it's very different from my own country, Costa Rica. But uh, at the same time, it has some similarities, like the mountains, and uh, I feel pretty much at, at home. They, they call Costa Rica the Switzerland of Latin America, no? Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, is what many people say. But I think that is because we also have mountains. Yes. And uh, we are also we are a small country, too, and, uh, and uh, we are very peaceful. Uh, country with no army yeah. and, uh, and uh, high levels of education. Yes. So maybe we have some similarities there with, uh, with Switzerland. I've been to Costa Rica once many years ago and I was, I was really taken by, why, by what you said. Like there's a lot of highly educated uh, people, like everyone I spoke to spoke English mm. and uh, they seem to be like very, very friendly as, as well. So I was really, I was really, I want to go back. It's a really nice country. Mm, thank you, thank you very much. We had a very intelligent president at the moment in 1948, mm. who decided um, after diff difficult times to abolish uh, the army, and then the money, who at that time had been investing in in the in the army budget, was put into education. And so everybody in Costa Rica can go to primary school, high school, and even university and not pay for that. So that allowed uh, many Costa Ricans um, to have, uh, to have uh, high levels of education. That was in 1940... 1948. Uh, the same year that the IUCN was Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, But in Costa Rica, at, at one point, it was really largely agricultural. The economy was largely agricultural-based. Is that correct? Yes, there was. There, there were times when we were more agricultural-based, but also there was a time where we thought, you know, uh, as a, as a country, and the, those those were the policies at the moment that, in order to demonstrate that you were working in the land, you had to cut the forest and mm. put agriculture mm. so that, that you will be seen as a citizen, citizen that really was working on the land. And, and that for the, the country was not as green as it is today. So Costa Rica is one of the countries that actually reverse deforestation. And, and right now, I mean, we, we are one of the you know, most uh, um, uh, important countries in the world in terms of uh, 
for its coverage and in terms of having a society that actually depends on natural resources. Our first uh, uh, income comes from tourism, mm -hmm. and most of our tourists go to see our beauties, which, uh, which are, of course, our beaches, our protected areas, our wildlife, and everything that is related to biodiversity, and, and how well you know, we take care of our natural resources, and at the same time, value you know, people, communities, and indigenous peoples. And where, well, now you are uh, acting the director general of IUCN, where did all this love for the environment and nature came from? Ah. Can you trace it back to? Yes, of course, <laughs> I can trace it back to the, to, the, to the first moment that I visit for the first time the ocean. Yeah. I, I remember my, my, my mother and actually my grandmother Uh, taking me to, to for the first time to the ocean, the first time I remember, I thought that it was so amazing, and and I always wanted to be at the beach. And my grandmother is from a province in Costa Rica called Punta Arenas. Yes. So she grew up near the ocean, and I think that she she shared with me that idea that that we needed to. To take care of the ocean and and and, uh, and take care of our natural resources because those were the spaces where people can go and and enjoy and be, you know, in peace uh, with oneself and and with nature. So from there I got really attached. But uh, it was not until I finished my uh, university degree as a lawyer. Mm -hmm that I started to work in, a, in another um, province of Costa Rica called Limón. And there I was working uh, with indigenous peoples and local communities in the Talamanca area, uh, which is, is, is kind of a remote area. And I think that I learned from indigenous communities, Kekoldi, Bribri, and Cabecar, to respect nature and to value nature in a different way. I understood by working with them that, you know, people and nature, we are one. Mm. Uh, it's, the, it's not that we are the, the different thing. We, it's just one cycle, and we all belong to this cycle of life. And, uh, and you know, you can read this in books, but when you go actually and, and work with and people and live it and see it, and and you see how much people depend on uh, having you know good land, on having water, on on seeing beautiful landscapes, um, and having you know the, the right wildlife, uh, even for even even sometimes you know not just for enjoyment but also for for their management. Uh, Is, I mean, that becomes part of your own life. And I think that for me, what, what really clicked uh, within my life is um, to, to, to try to work in this, this link between people and nature, mm -hmm. and that we are just one, and that we need to, to, to behave as part of something bigger that is this cycle of life and where we all need to play a role. This seems like this is like a common, common knowledge and common understanding from these indigenous communities 
that somehow modern society forgot. Why do you think is that? I mean, I think it's changing now because we're seeing all these things happening and there's some awakening, but it seems that we're reaching a turning point. And what what's uh, why do you think that uh, we lost co contact with that? Uh, I think that sometimes we are so busy yeah. in trying to do things, in trying to achieve things, in trying you know, to do our work, whatever that work is, in trying to run a family, in so many things that we just kind of forget, uh, you know, how beautiful life can be. And we sometimes also, you know, forget, I mean, why we are in this planet and, and what are the resources that we depend on. You open you know the the top the in your top. in your mm. in your house you get water you eat potatoes or tomatoes or and you you don't think about yeah. you you really don't think about you don't think that for you to have that water I mean somebody else is conserving you know the source of that water you don't think that to have potatoes tomatoes in your in your table I mean, you have to have, you know, the good, the good uh, uh, land to soil to grow those things. You, I mean, we just don't think we 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 became to, you know, like um, like dolls or toys that mm -hmm. that are in a way, you know, doing what we must do and we don't stop. We I think that society, each of us, my, you know or need to stop and think about again why why are we in this planet i mean i mean of course we are just passengers no yeah. we we are here for a period and then a new generation will come and probably that new generation will include our sons and then our grandsons and daughters but we don't think about why why we are here why, what we want to leave for the next generation. And, and yeah, I mean, if, if, if somebody tells you today is your last day, what would you do? Would you go home and be in a dark room? Would you go out and family. enjoy with your family? Would you go to a, one of these incredible places? I mean, I don't know, each of us is different, but I guess the, the majority of us enjoy enjoy life enjoy to see nature enjoy to be part of something bigger than just oneself and i think that we need to go back to that and for indigenous peoples that is their life it's their common life mm. we just we just lost track uh, i mean we just lost lost track probably trying to achieve different things trying to achieve you know m more money or or uh, you know different status in society we just we just lost track in what is essential yeah and and say and, and for any human being um i mean for sure it is essential to to have a good quality of life i think what, what you're saying is it's very true that sometimes we're just stuck with our daily routines that we don't think of the consequences. But but going a bit uh, 
going a bit be before that, so you went to law school. What what was uh, what were the motivations? Why did you think that law school would be the the right uh, career for you? Well, I always wanted to um, to support others. Mm, to that help. was that was really really big in me. I you know I, I'm a, I'm a person who who likes to to help who likes to to be in support to others and uh, I thought that studying law was uh, going to give me that that I will have the tools to be able to support others and 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 actually more than all to defend on things that I believe mm. And you know, on things that that for me, since I was a kid, are essential. And and I saw in the in the the, the law career the opportunity uh, to do that in a better way. So I I always uh, you know wanted to study law. I it was something that it was really in me. And for the first moment, I remember my first class. Um, that was um, uh, what they call back in Costa Rica um, Roman law. Ah, yeah, we also is, did it in Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> that is uh, related to, you know, to the history of civil law. Mm. I remember being there and having this moment when I said to myself, oh, my God, this is what I always wanted. Mm. I am really enjoying this, these classes. So... My whole first year was a year, you know, where I was really enjoying, really happy, you know, feeling good with my decision. And that hasn't changed. I, if I had to repeat it again, I will, go to, I will go to law school. I think that um, people sometimes believe that, you know, a lawyer, to be a lawyer is just a lawyer that go to court and defend cases. And, but... Law actually give you uh, the possibility to do many different things. It just kind of trains your mind. I think it's more than just a career, it's like a way of life. Yeah, it just trains your mind in a way that you can become many things. Uh, I mean, it's not just the, the typical type of, of lawyer that, that will go to court, but, but you, can, you, know, you, you can support people in, in so many ways. Um, just by the way that you have been trained um, to structure things. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm very happy with my career, the career that I choose. And um, when I was studying, because I was so close to, you know, nature issues and, and of course, indigenous rights, and, well, then I focus uh, my whole career on Oh, so you, yeah. even from the beginning, when you were from the beginning, from the beginning, I started um, yeah in Talamanca working with indigenous rights, and I remember at that time working uh, in putting together what we call conservation easements um, in that in in different parts of the country. But uh, yeah, I mean I I work with water rights, um, with um, constitutional rights related to. Uh, the right to nature. Uh, I mean, it, it was a um, very exciting moment. And also because at that time, it was um, 1992, all the Rio conventions, what we call the Rio conventions, the international environmental conventions, 
were being put in together. Uh, I mean, and the CVD, and well, later on the Climate Convention and all that. So it was a very, very good moment for for lawyers because uh, we work hard, you know, to put these conventions in place. And later on, many of us participated in the development of national uh, legislation and policies to put in place those conventions. Uh, those conventions. Yeah. So it was, I mean, those were years that were fantastic because environmental law was at the center of everything. Environmental law, environmental policy was at the center of everything in different countries. And, and I was, you know, being part of that uh, for many years during those years. So, so I feel really your privileged. Work was, uh, were you involved in the international conventions or? I was, I was uh, involved at some point, uh, for example, well, later on in the Nagoya uh, mm -hmm. Protocol. But I was really involved in the development of uh, um, uh, constitutional reforms at national level, okay. uh, and also in putting together uh, at that time, you know, in the 90s, uh, the first environmental laws um, in, uh, in, in, different con in different countries mm -hmm. of the Latin American region, then biodiversity laws, I mean, water laws, it was uh, so... I mean, uh, it, those were times where the, we were creating, yeah. you know, from zero. Um, now, you know, everything has kind of changed, and now the focus is more on implementation. Mm -hmm. We have to implement everything that was produced during, during those years and even later on. But right now, the focus uh, for, for people who work in environmental law should be how can we better implement. So you started working with the communities in a really local way. What, what drove you to a more global, well, an environment is a global issue. Was it that, that you felt that your impact, you needed to do it more on a global scale? You know, I, I always say that, and I will repeat this, that uh, you know, there is no place more important than other. I think that it is important, um, you know, to to have the views and 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 the messages from the local people and understand the local issues on the field. It's very important too to work at the national level, at the regional level, and, and, and at an international level. There is no one place more important than other. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, the, the important part is that you as a person can feel that, that you are contributing to something, that what you're doing, you know, is something that you believe in and that you are contributing to a bigger, uh, you know, target. So for me, when I, I have been always, you know, happy working at the different levels. Now I am at the, at the international level, and I think that, in a way, it was, it was kind of uh, normal. Like because a it, it was a transition? Yeah, it was like a, a, a transition um, that little by little, you know, then I, I, I am now here at this international platform. But I can also go back to the field. Mm. I, in fact, uh, I think that for the, for the person who is working at the international level, uh, is essential 
to have a link or what we call a cable back to earth mm. because otherwise how can you deliver you know your message if you don't understand exactly what people are experiencing and how countries are working and what are the needs and and what are the challenges and what are the opportunities so for me I mean any leader at the international level needs to be connected with reality and and that's why it's, it's so important that when you you know when you decide to you know to to go like me you know from 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 national level or regional level to international that you keep that link yes uh, you know you keep that cable to 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 reality to everything that is happening so that the the work that we are doing more at the international level together with all the countries becomes a, a, a you know a, a work that is realistic and uh, and that is and that is based you know on uh, on um, on making possible for for the most needed people uh, to achieve uh, targets of sustainability and well-being i i you know, I truly believe in in that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm. I think that I have enjoyed every every step uh, in my in my career. And right now here at uh, UCN, uh, being the acting director general, I'm, I'm. I feel really privileged and honored. Uh, it is an honor. This is a this is an incredible institution. Yes. Um, and uh, and. And um, I have this uh, this thing in my heart that that you know that uh, I I can you know together with the members and with the experts at the commission level and with the with the consul all of us can deliver such a powerful message for the, for the for planet and people that uh, it is really a, a truly honor to be here. Um, I what I was saying before about um, you thinking about and working and how you move progressively through these uh, stages in your career. Uh, I don't know if you can tell me a bit about how you tried to balance like the work that you were doing at the time, and were you thinking about your professional career at any point, or was just something that happened as a consequence. Uh, maybe if you can repeat that. Uh, where, when you were acting, like in the, when you were working in the field with these indigenous communities, mm -hmm. and you and your career was progressing, you were, of course, doing the day-to-day -day work. But were you also thinking ahead in your professional career, or was just something like happened as a consequence of the work that you were doing, or you gave some thought to it in order to progress? You know, I think that. Um, you always have to think uh, um, in your in your in your career, but if you do things with passion, and if you committed, you know, if you committed to the things that you do, if you wake up every morning, you know, saying I'm so happy to be here, I'm so happy to go to work, I'm gonna do, you know, the best of my day. Um, things happen. Yeah. Things happen. Uh, I don't feel that I, in my professional life, I have to look all around to get positions or to... Actually not. I think that uh, 
mean, you, uh, you have to show that, first of all, that, that you devoted time to, to, to your studies. I mean, it's not that you just wake up and, and you know, you have to invest time in getting the right degrees, in, uh, in going to university, and being updated on the, on the issues that happen around the things that you're doing. I mean, you have to keep studying, you know, as much as you can. And that happens, you know, every day in your life. Yeah. I mean, I am always, you know, I'm always attentive to what is new, what is new in the area that we're working, what is new in relation to nature conservation, in relation to sustainable development. So that's, a, 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 you know, a day-to-day task. But if you combine that with, with the passion, energy, and, and, um, and really, you know, uh, helping others, things will happen. I mean, uh, little by little, people will, will get to know you, and, and you become, you know, a, a, a person that people will like um, to work with. <laughs> Yes, uh, but you also like, you've also like really accomplished academically. You've done a lot of studies. How do you balance work and the studies? Well, you know, I it's not easy. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna say because uh, it will be you know not true that you know it's so easy to to study and then work and then it's it's not easy. I don't think that for anybody is easy. Um, but uh, but uh, I mean, you have to put your effort, your heart. I mean, I remember when I was going to um, law school. In my in my last three years, I had to work, mm-hmm. so I had to go to university at night. And uh, it was, you know, at the uh, at the moment, you know, in those times, I I didn't, you know, people now ask me. So how did you do to have a job and then go go at night at university? But I, I really didn't see it as as a, as a big thing at the time. I just needed to do it. I did it, and that was not uh, something common. No, it was not common. Yeah. It was not common. Uh, but uh, you know, I just did it, and I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, you know, I was a good student. I spent a lot of my um, night hours studying um, uh, and yeah I mean you of course you have to sacrifice uh, you know some things for others I mean you have to get your good grades and you have to make an effort and you have to work in uh, and you have to keep on with your family life if you yeah. have a family so it's, it's always a challenge but I think that the secret is to enjoy it <laughs> that's the secret yeah you know, that's the secret. I mean, the secret is to wake up every morning and feel that what you're doing is what you want to do. And that, and that what you're doing is something that makes you really feel proud and happy. If you have that, then you will achieve whatever you need to achieve in order to get to your target. I mean, so there was a... One friend who used to say, you know, if you wake up and you feel that what you're doing is not, is not your thing, don't waste your time. And move on. And move on. Look for the thing that really, you know, 
make you make you wake up with a lot of energy and happy and happy to go to work so uh, or go to or go to university or whatever you have to do family or whatever but I mean I think that um that at least for me that was my secret I you know I know that all of us are different but for me that has been always this the the you know the secret and it's not that every day I wake up you know uh, super 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 happy and everything goes well no of course no I'm a human being there are moments where where you wake up and you, you might be tired or you might be but then I remember I mean what is it that I'm that I'm doing and why am I doing it and and then you know those days become easier mm-hmm. uh, I I think that that is that is the secret for me um, and and uh, you know I am I'm happy where I am and uh, and I think that uh, you know I for for the younger generation uh, for me having you know in my family, uh, three boys. Uh, the younger generation is so important. They they come with what I think is a new chip in their heads. I mean, they 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 want to you know they want to create. They want to be heard. They want to have their own opinions, they want to lead. Um, and I always uh, tell my sons, yeah, you can do all that, but you have to invest, you know, a good amount of, t- of time in, you know, in getting it right and, you know, and knowing what you want to do and uh, in making an effort uh, when you go to university, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, try to be happy. I will support them in, you know, in making their life in a way that, that they can wake up and say, yes, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay. I'm doing what I want. Hmm. Um, now that you're talking about the younger generation, like, uh, I love horror movies, but horror movies don't give me nightmares. Recently, I've been starting to get a lot of nightmares because of the environment. I wake up Sometimes, like, uh, it's it's true story. I wake up, like, sweating, and I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing to the environment for our, our kids? What are the realities that they are going to have to face that we didn't have to face? How do you have this feeling at all or, or not? No, 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 not really. I, you know, I... I I, I tend to be positive, mm-hmm. you know, um, in relation to life. But uh, I do worry from time to time on on what are we going to inherit yeah. to the next generation. I do worry when I see the news about the plastic uh, in the ocean, and then I go to the beach and I see plastic there. Uh, for example, just to put you that example. I do worry, and I, I just hope that you know, the younger generation can be more intelligent than us, and I know that they will. Mm-hmm. I know that they will find you know, the solutions to to all of this, and because they they 
they are they work more with uh, with many other things they they are more creative they go into technology they they do so many wonderful things that um that uh, our generation um you know we're just starting to try to 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 learn i mean there are some uh, things that my sons do in the computer that i I just need to pay attention to how they do it, <laughs> you know. But they they come with the chip, and I I think that uh, I'm very positive about the future because I think that um, many things will progress in things that we cannot even imagine now, and we just have to give them the chance. Well, this positivism that you have like is refreshing. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, another thing that I wanted to hear your thoughts, I. I see it here at UCN that there's a lot of concern, or not concern, they do pay a lot of attention to gender balance. And there seems to be a lot of women in position of leadership. Mm. Is, that, is that something that is uh, spread out throughout the organization? How, how did this happen to be uh, here at UCN? Yeah, I mean, in a, in a UCN, you know, it is very important for us to have gender equity. <laughs> and uh, gender equity is not to have just a certain number of, uh, of, um, of women, uh, but, but to have um, women in, in um, leadership positions and, and, and to have, you know, a balance within the institution not just in, num in numbers of um, um, male and female, but also in terms of uh, leadership. Um, that is important. And uh, I think that we have been doing a lot of uh, uh, good things in that relation. The, the organization is very balanced uh, in that sense. And, and I, you know, I think that, you know, in general in, in this planet, I mean, there is a lot of, uh, you know, things that we still need to do in terms of gender equity. But uh, what is more important is to be fair, you know, to be fair, to give, you know, um, the options to, to those uh, women that are growing and growing and that, and that are ready to take, uh, you know, these leadership roles. I... I, I can see so many, so many of my colleagues just, you know, waiting for the right chance, for the right moment, uh, and with a lot of capacity, you know, in the hands that I, uh, you know, I think that we have to do more. It's not, it's not so easy still. I'm not going to say that, you know, everywhere, uh, in every country and around the world, things are, you know, are easier because I don't believe in that. I think that that um, we still struggle, still struggle in many ways. Um, and, you know, sometimes I go to, to panels where I'm the only um, woman speaking, uh, or sometimes I see, you know, panels that are just composed by men, and I ask myself, so there is no one single you know, woman that can be part of that panel. Is it that we don't have here women that, you know, that have the knowledge? And sometimes that's not the case. It's just that we, you know, we come from a generation that is so used 
you know, to hear men talking and men, men leading and men that for, for, for women, still, you know, we have sometimes to, to, to do double, to, to be in, in those positions or, or to show, you know, several times how good we are mm. uh, in terms to occupy um, those positions. But, and that's why, you know, one thing that I really believe in is in um, solidarity among women. I think that for women in leadership positions, we have, have and are obliged to help other women. I, um, I believe in that. I don't believe in uh, people who says, you know, oh, well, uh, women between them, they, they fight or they don't support each other. I think that we have to erase that from everybody's minds. And, and we should um, just have this kind of uh, sisterhood, you know, that can support each other. I know what you're saying reminds me of something that I heard uh, uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Robbins, his uh, dancing partner, he said, I had to do everything that he had to do, but backwards and on heels. <laughs> and we, maybe it's true, but do you see that it's starting to change uh, positively? There's still a long way to go, of course. Yeah, I think that because of um, very brave um, women in the past who fought for, you know, the right to vote, mm. and and after that, many other rights. Um, people like me are now in a. We are now in a better position. Yeah. Uh, and it's because of all of them, mm. um, and also for men who who respected us and who and who supported those movements but um, no is not enough I I think that we need to progress even more uh, we we of course are in a better situation than years back but there's still a lot of uh, way to go um, and, uh, and and I think that um, that's why you know the, uh, the this uh, uh, gender equity uh, movement need to continue, and and that we uh, women so, should support each other as much as we can. Yeah. Uh, regarding what you were saying about uh, acting in any place where you can act, uh, what what do you think that would be a good advice to? like the individual in their regular lives to help uh, doing something for the environment. I mean, there's many campaigns and these things, but what, what can the individual do? I think it's more about like a change in, in their attitude, like to, to be more conscious about the consequences of their actions. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, we will only achieve a truly healthy planet if each of us contribute, I mean, there is no other way. We, we need to work in a, in a kind of a cultural change on how we act, uh, all of us, mm. all of us, to actually achieve big goals um, for our society and our planet. So, uh, they, I, mean, I mean, everybody can do something. You can start by recycling, you can start by, if you have a car, but you know, uh, you know, uh, 
using less your car or, or you know, taking other people to the, to the same place that you're going or, or you can, you know, measure I mean, the energy you're using or you can be more conscious about what you buy at the store. I mean, you can, you can change your diet. You can, I mean, there are so many things that one can do uh, in order to contribute. Um, but most of all, I think that what is, what is very, very important is to understand the why. Because why, I mean, when you understand why um, you are doing this, uh, it's not just because it's in fashion, you know, to recycle. It's because actually you don't want to go to the ocean and swim with plastic bags. You don't want to walk on the street and see the garbage. Um, you don't want to live in a country where everybody's sick because we don't know how to process uh, our own garbage. I mean, when you understand, and it's just, just to put one example, you know, but when you understand the why, I think that for people it's easier to take actions. So it needs to be, you know, like, a, I will say in good words, like a, a revolution, you know, a mental revolution for all of us. <laughs> and it needs to start, uh, you know, from the moment you know you're born. I mean, it it, it is re- pretty much attached with education. Yeah, and this is something that I now that I'm a father that I think about because I think that when we were growing up, we weren't raised thinking about this. But now, every action that I take, I think about the the consequences for my daughters. How will they perceive it? If we recycle, will that make them like think that this is what people do? We recycle, that's what we do. For us, I think the older generation, we have to adapt to that change because we didn't do it before. But if you do it from the beginning, that's what they will know as their reality. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if uh, we educate our children uh, with, the, with principles, then they, they will see it as a normal, as normal. And, uh, that's why I think that in our education systems all around the planet, we have to start, you know, uh, working in a curriculum that also includes all these values mm. and, and principles for life. You know, uh, it's, it's something that is the only way, I think, that we can achieve really, really big goals. Well, I don't want to take uh, much more of your time, but maybe can you just uh, give us a brief summary of what? Like, what's the work of IUCN and what they're doing, uh, mm. just very briefly? Well, it will take me another episode <laughs> to describe IUCN, okay. but IUCN is, the, IUCN is the International Union for Conservation of Nature, and we are this amazing organization that is uh, composed by uh, state members government agencies, non-governmental organizations. Uh, now we have uh, more than 1,400 members. Uh, we're also composed by a network of uh, volunteer experts uh, in different areas like ecosystem management, protected areas, environmental law, species. And there are more than uh, 15,000 volunteers around the, the world. And then we have a secretariat that is composed by um, a thousand staff members 
that are located in different offices uh, in the different continents of this planet. And together, uh, we, we have a, a mission and a vision that is to have, you know, a, a planet in which we can live um, and, and, uh, and to promote, um, you know, that nature is at the center of, uh, of, our, of our life. Yeah. Um, you know, an equitable, uh, just an equitable uh, society and world that values and conserves nature is, uh, is what we aim for. And uh, this, is a, this is an amazing, amazing force, an amazing organization that was created now 71 years ago. Uh, and uh, and uh, still exists as the, as the biggest and oldest uh, organization that works in environmental uh, conservation issues. So I think that uh, all of us who work here, you're visiting me here in IUCN um, headquarters, yeah. Uh, in Switzerland, we are all very proud to, to you know, to be part of this uh, global effort. Well, uh, thank you for your time and thank you for your very wise words. Uh, thank you. Thank you.